politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots, to the one and only Conservative Review podcast here at Blaze Media, your one-stop shop of truly independent conservative news and views, no groupthink, no herd mentality, only herd immunity here on this Wednesday, August 12th. Now, all day, everyone's going to be asking me, in the media hits I do, fellow conservative radio show hosts, all right, Daniel, what do you think about Kamala Harris? What do you think about Joe Biden's VP pick? And I knew this day was coming, and I've been dreading it, because we have so much going on in this country that affects the core of our lives more than any public policy issues, political issues in the history of our lifetime. And it affects us while Republicans are in charge of the White House and various state governments. And yet, nobody seems to care. And every time I try to generate a movement, all my colleagues get distracted with Democrat internal political affairs. Now, I'll eventually tell you what I think about it just to prove my main point today, which is why I don't care about it. But let me give you an answer as to what I think about it. You see, here's what I think about it. I got an email among many recent emails from a listener that's just heartrending. I keep seeing these. From Caleb in San Angelo, Texas. And I'll explain to you why I'm highlighting that part of the country in a minute. Here's his email. Good morning, Daniel. At the time of this writing, I've been asked to take leave from work because I won't comply with the mask mandate. I even have an official doctor's note saying that I medically cannot wear it. I don't know what's going to happen, but I fear that it will lead to termination. My wife and I are in our 20s with three kids and a farm. My wife is one who would comply with anything so long as our kids were okay. I, on the other hand, am not built like that. It's funny. It sounds like me in many ways. Today, I was supposed to go in for a surgical procedure for a kidney stone size of 11 millimeters, if you could believe that. Holy smokes, I can't believe that. I don't even understand how what that would look like. Um, geez, the ureter itself, I thought, is only maybe seven or so millimeters. <clears throat> anyway, I was stopped at the Shannon Hospital front door and asked to wear a mask. I relayed my reasons in doctor's note. They wouldn't have any of it. They called security and asked me to leave. I begged for their supervisor, but ended up with cops showing up. The officers here are wonderful. They hate this mask business. And the officer said that he was extremely sorry and that it was a complete bullcrap. Security team requested that I be criminally trespassed with a warning. Daniel, I'm begging God to give me strength and knowledge of what I should do. He has blessed me beyond my wildest belief and worthiness. I even started an organization here in San Angelo to defend freedom and our God-given rights called San Angelo Freedom Defenders. I am by no means on the same level as the American heroes who withstood the tide of evil. I write to you humbly with a broken heart. I know making a stand would require sacrifice. God requires it. I'm begging for his guidance that either a door will open for us or that I swallow everything and comply. 
I thank God I'm here today with beautiful daughters and a loving wife. I know this land is choice above all others and that we must do all we can to preserve and to protect the Constitution. Folks, I don't know if you're familiar with that part of the country. San Angelo is in Tom Green County, Texas. That is a county carried by President Trump by a 50-point margin. So he's living in a county Trump carried by 50 points within a state with, you know, Governor Greg Abbott, all Republican elected officials, Republican legislature, while Donald Trump is president of the federal government. Okay? I want you to let that seep in for a couple of seconds. So there's no issue of, oh, well, Democrats control this or that. It's the Democrats. Which Democrat? Who's the Democrat VP pick? Okay? And yet he is languishing from a form of tyranny that we could have never imagined last year, much less four years ago under Obama. Oh my gosh, we don't want Hillary Clinton. Look what might happen. Oh my gosh, I I sure am worried about Joe Biden. If Joe Biden wins, we might become uh, kind of tyrannical. Oh yeah. It is the failure of my colleagues in this business for four years to utilize this presidency, to get in this president's face, not to be a never Trumper, but to be a better Trumper, to demand better from him, to demand better personnel, to demand consistent views, to demand that he use the leverage of the bully pulpit, executive powers, and the veto pen with the budget bills. And doing the same thing on a state level where you have a Republican governor and Republican county officials. And the failure to do that and coalesce that movement, as we discussed with Shannon Joy yesterday, blockbuster show about how to organize on a local level, your sheriffs, your school board members. We've always taken the cheap route out. We are suffering under the worst form of tyranny in our lifetime. You tell me what is going to change by us focusing on the presidential election and with Trump getting reelected. Now, I could I could answer that question. I could say, well, at least under Trump we have an opportunity to possibly get him to do some good things. But that would require us to change our modus operandi and actually do what we have failed to do until now. And based on Newton's laws of uh, political motion, as I call them, that is not going to happen without some sort of course correction, which I don't see happening at this point. So that's why I just don't give a darn about Kamala Harris. If anything, you have people like that will finally rebel. I mean, again, imagine if at least we had Trump on message, Trump using the bully pulpit, Trump using all of our talking points and and studies and research showing the insanity of the masks, the danger of them, the lack of efficacy, how everywhere where they have been tried, we'll talk about that. They, They don't work, at least in places like West Texas. We'd be able to live free. But who would have thought when Sam Adams talked about 
the last refuge for civil and religious liberty, we might have to go to a country like Sweden for that. You see, because even though Sweden is a secular country, it is truly a secular country. They're agnostic about everything. They try to think rationally, but they don't believe in God. Certainly not the cup of tea for, for, for you and me. But let me tell you something. What we have here is far worse. Because what we have here is not a secular country. Don't make that mistake. We have a very religious country. Religious in the sense of the pagan Baal worshippers mentioned in Leviticus and Canaan. That's what we have here today. They are religiously irreligious. They've moved away from the Judeo-Christian ethos in, in a country like Sweden. But the difference is we've moved away from them here. But then went a step further by adopting a new religion more fervently than anyone adheres to real religions. They're talking about now wearing the masks on Zoom calls, wearing it while having marital relations. This has become a cult, a juggernaut that is unstoppable. Those of you that are somehow okay with it, I ask you, when do you think the statute of limitations will apply? When, when is the end game? Oh, it's just another couple of weeks or so. No, 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 no. Again, this will not end without intervention. See, what a lot of people don't realize is part of what the left has benefited so much, and I say this all the time, is they are the opposite of Trump. They don't threaten, like I saw an article, Trump's threatening to finally shut the border with Mexico after it's already too late. And after I thought we already did, but well, I guess we didn't because we let in 90% of people. He threatens, he promises, he tweets. You see, the left doesn't threaten, they don't telegraph their punch, they punch, they do, they conquer. This is a subtle yet very deep point I want you guys to internalize when understanding why the world is the way it is now and what we're up against. See, a lot of people think that, hey, you know, the more radical a side gets, the more, the easier it is to litigate politically against them and to accentuate their radicalism and win. And, and that is true if you actually had a movement doing that. <clears throat> but there's also another side to that. You see, what would happen, let's say you um, you have a bunch of, People who look like surgeons on the ground, outside on the sidewalk, looking like they're frantically operating on a patient on the ground. Bystander walks by and says to a guy watching the scene, hey, what's going on here? The guy turns to him and says, well, there's a guy with a paper cut. Now, you're, you're, you're just not going to believe that because it's, it's truly unbelievable. You can't believe it. What your eyes are seeing doesn't reflect a threat of a paper cut. You're seeing them perform, you know, serendipitous, life-altering, life-saving surgery 
the guy must have had a heart attack on the spot or whatever. Must have broken his neck. Right? It, it can't, it, what, what your eyes see doesn't reflect it. That's the beauty of the illusion of the left. They act so severely that it actually, if anything, it gives them a leg up. They go and they walk around and mandate mass everywhere and force it. Boom, 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 quick before you can even catch your breath. So then we're left by saying, well, they don't work. It's not that bad. Well, it's obviously bad. I mean, look, we're all walking around like crazies with hazmat suits. It's got to be bad, right? There's no way this can't be true. Look at what we're doing. I always say, you know, we have the data on our side when it comes to schools, the fact that kids don't spread it in any meaningful way. School openings don't matter much because to the extent kids get it, they get it at home. They get it from their parents. They don't transmit to adults. They get sick much less than the flu. Um, they're certainly uh, at a lower risk of hospitalization than the flu. How is it defensible to close the schools or have this draconian masks, mask mandates and the crazy stuff they're going to do if they even reopen and then not do that for the flu? And the answer is intellectually, of course, it's indefensible. But therein lies the rub. The biggest proof that COVID is a threat to kids is the fact that schools are closed. See, they're closed. It's such a severe thing. Nobody could possibly believe that someone would do that so insidiously, so maliciously, without truth to it. Yet those are these are the times we live in. The, the, the institutions of education of the media, of politics, of corporations are so corrupt that, yes, they will do that. They will kill people for power. They will lie about things of this degree of severity, of this extent in our lives of consequences to gain political points. They will do that. But to your average person that doesn't follow politics so closely, it truly is unbelievable. I mean, come on, they wouldn't turn the world upside down and riot if there wasn't anything to it. Well, yeah, they would, but you get what I'm saying. <clears throat> they benefit from the fruits of their crime. The more they push, the more heavy-handed they are, the more it kind of proves the franticness of this emergency. And that's what it is. <clears throat> and by the way, speaking of the teachers, one of the things I've been saying is that we need to <clears throat> cut funding, cut their salaries. It's time for Trump to say, very simply in the budget bill, we are cutting funding for schools that don't open. You could have your Zoom thing all you want. You won't get paid. And I'd like to see some Republican governors do that as well. But, you know, <clears throat> they're out to lunch. They're completely out to lunch. Imagine if we had a president that every day held briefings with Johnny Yanides and Michael Levitt and these people to push the stuff we're saying. 
You know what he would do? He would show the American people Hawaii. Hawaii is a country. <laughs> I was going to say it's a state. It actually is kind of like its own country. It is an island. It is one of the most <clears throat> isolated places on the universe, if you think about it. <laughs> it's surrounded on all sides by the Pacific Ocean. Very isolated. Far away from America. Far away from Asia. <clears throat> just plopped in the middle of the Pacific. Almost nobody traveled there. Anyone who did, they made them quarantine for 14 days and they arrested something like 50, 60 people. By the way, they released by now probably about 50% of their jail population. They've gone on to commit more murders, but they are putting in jail people that don't follow the mask stuff. They had a mask mandate in place since April, and then over a month ago, they extended it to outdoors, even when you're jogging, even when you're exercising. <clears throat> at, least in, at least in Honolulu and some of the bigger urban areas. They've done everything anyone would ever say. They never emerged from the lockdown. You look at their social mobility scores on Google, shopping, traveling, transit. It's well, well below the national average. And yet cases are surging, even if you adjust for increased testing levels. So if you set the testing levels to April 8th levels, it's still a 55% increase. And by the way, they are testing almost, you know, half of what the national average is. They're not testing nearly as much. So there's likely many more cases than what they're finding. How did it spread? They did everything. They did everything anyone could have ever asked. Because the virus is going to virus. God controls the spread of a respiratory virus. You could arrest that spread every bit as much as you could arrest the movement of a hurricane. You could fortify your body. You could treat it. But you cannot stop the spread. Seasonality, geography, latitude. That's what it does. And it comes to your area when it comes. The same way it came to Japan and Hong Kong. The same way it came to Israel and Australia. The same way it's now coming to New Zealand. Which, which locked down their entire society since March, and now they found the community spread. And they literally have zero travel. They have a travel ban. And when I say a travel ban, I mean 100%. More than Hawaii, even. And it's an island. Now, again, in all these places in the Pacific Rim, cases aren't the problem. They aren't, they aren't having too many deaths because they have cross-immunity, T-cell memory, immunity from other coronaviruses. Everyone, every area seems to have that. Um, 50, 60, sometimes 70%. These other places probably have it 95% in the Pacific Rim. So that's why you're seeing very few serious cases there. But nonetheless, that has nothing to do with masks and with lockdowns. That's to stop the spread. right? The reason they're not having deaths has nothing to do with the rituals. It's because of something genetic, some, something inherent, and that's the story there. But I want to take this to the next level. The notion that no matter what you do, it doesn't matter. The virus is going to do what it does based on the geography, the demographics, the population density. It just doesn't matter. 
and, and, and the beauty of this is that you take a tale of two cities, London and Stockholm. BBC put this out today. Remember, in Europe, the media is actually more anti-lockdown, or at least in a lot of countries. London had a very strict lockdown. To this day, is pretty much you know locked down like America, much more so than the, than the rest of Europe. While Stockholm, well, we all know that you know they followed science and rational thought. They voluntarily just were aware that you need to wash your hands more, stay away, you know, a little bit more, understand vulnerable populations. And guess what? This is a little bit old, but they mentioned, according to research published by the Journal of Royal Society of Medicine, at least as of May, they both had 17% seroprevalence, meaning 17% of the people in their respective populations had antibodies. So they landed in the same place. They landed in the same place. And again, right around that 17% marker, because a certain amount do have it, but they did get it, but didn't produce antibodies or they're not detectable. The rest, um, you know, some produced it, but lost it quickly by the time you tested them. Others had T-cell immunity, but, you know, all of it, again, it doesn't mean you're going to get the virus again seriously. Um, we've already proven that. Everyone's going to have to achieve herd immunity. But that herd immunity is, again, not at that, you know, 80% threshold. That's not where it is. So that's the big lie of pharma and everything pushing all their long-term stuff. Now, it doesn't mean you're not going to have outbreaks here and there for a very long time. Because to even achieve 20% in every last area is going to take a while, right? You'll have certain... You know, urban areas that were hit harder, you'll have other areas that have only 5% prevalence now. So that's going to take longer. But the reality is, everyone's going to have to achieve it. The only question is, are you going to destroy your mental health, your emotional health, your physical health, make everyone bubble babies and immunocompromised like people who truly are, destroy your economy? England suffered a 20% drop in GDP in quarter two. Sweden is back up. Do you know how many countless thousands of lives are lost as a result of that? And you know what's funny? We're going to watch this. But remember those countries that, unlike England, but they had lockdown because they're smaller countries. They did it early, and they didn't have much travel from China and other places. So they didn't have much of the virus to begin with. So fine, they didn't get it. Is that going to stay that way forever? Well, if you look at cases, now look, it's not surging like some other places yet. But you do see an uptick in Norway, Finland, and Denmark. Notice there's one country you don't see an uptick. And that is Sweden, of course. Going back to Hawaii, Hawaii now has 22.6% unemployment, second highest in the nation. God knows how much underemployment, probably like 50%. They destroyed their tourism industry. They turned their island into a police state. And they have nothing to show for it. But surging cases now and hundreds of criminals roaming the streets. That is the America we live in today. 
Well, Daniel, that's Hawaii. Yeah, and, you know, I'm not going to lie. Hawaii is worse than where our listener is in San Angelo, Texas, but not that much worse. You see, America has become spiritually immunocompromised. We've learned from this all this research that you know, four or five months later, we now understand how the virus works, pretty much. There's things we don't understand, but we pretty much get it. And that is, the normal human body is able to ward off this virus, you know, well within the means of producing normal symptoms, you know, moderate symptoms at worst, and, you know, really a cold for most people. And a lot of people downright have robust T-cell cross-immunity, and they're asymptomatic. The people that have a problem are those that are immunocompromised. What we are doing is dragging it out longer, thereby exposing the immunocompromised to the threat for longer, or exposing them to the atrophy and mental health problems of lockdown longer. We're making everyone immunocompromised. And I was thinking that really is an analogy for what America has become spiritually. America has become immunocompromised. When you're immunocompromised, so then any pathogen could just come invade. Any foreign parasite could latch on. It's malignant ideology and spread and get deeper into the defenses and create more consequences, more symptoms, more illness. Shuts down the vital organs eventually. That's what America is. Because we as as conservatives, as patriots, have gone for over 30 years since Reagan, slogging along with a fake, phony, and malignant Republican Party, focusing on big-time elections of malignant people that are actually helped the other side. And we have thereby allowed the other side to bottom-up build a movement And they've rotted out our immune system. They've rotted out our values. They've rotted out our defenses. So that's why even in red states, they could come with whatever they want. The worst forms of tyranny, the worst forms of anarchy, the worst forms of the sexual licentious agenda. And it will will spread. There is no shortcut to what we really need which is that bottom-up movement where we start in our relatively stronger areas that might be immunocompromised, but they're not dead yet, like California and other places, and start getting a vitamin D shot, taking some zinc. And that means we have to start defying the stuff. We have to start getting in the faces of businesses. I mean, the big corporations, but certainly the sheriffs and the local officials and then take it to a state level where, where we can. That's the only way around this. And that's, that, my friends, is why I don't care about Biden and Kamala Harris. Because either we do this and we save a part of our country, or we continue on the same path and we don't, and then it won't matter who wins. Again, in fact, if anything, I'm not cheering 
a Democrat win. But I'm, I'm just saying the reality is, if anything, if they would win, <clears throat> at least in red states, we would see more pushback. So that's the reality there. Now, friends, we have another story out today. We talked about it at the very end of yesterday. Justice for Canon Hinnant. Now, why is it that people in America, probably he's probably going to have 100% name recognition, George Floyd. Everyone's heard of George Floyd, but how many have heard or how many will hear of Canon Hinnant? And the answer is nobody. Because America is spiritually immunocompromised. You see, George Floyd was a terrible human being. And now we know whether the police dealt with it properly through and through till the bitter end or not, whether he held him down for too long or not, which it could be he did. He was not putting enough pressure on him to kill him. We now know he died of a heart attack, not just because of the top-notch state medical examiner that said it from day one, but now with the body camera, we see he was having a heart attack early on, and that's really what it was. And the police, you can't blame them for not knowing that. The question is whether it was a degree of negligence. There certainly was no murder there. Yet our country was destroyed over that, which resulted, as we've noted, if you would add up, by my best estimate, somewhere between 1,500 to 2,000 excess black homicide victims as a result of this above baseline increase in homicides in, in our major top 50 cities. Cannon Hinnant, on the other hand, was a five-year-old boy riding his bike. I have a five-year-old. I could picture it. WRAL broke the story on Tuesday that Darius M. Sesoms, 25, he is accused of pulling out a gun, pointing it point blank at this five-year-old boy and executing him. He ran away, but then they caught him. It's in Wilson, North Carolina. Um... The motive is still not clear, although some say maybe the boy was riding on his lawn or something. It seems like the families actually knew each other. Now, I want you guys to think, what would have happened had a white man done this to a black boy? Well, I think you could probably picture that riding would be the least of what would have happened. And certainly every single Republican congressman and Republican state legislator, starting with those in North Carolina, would push legislation to like, I don't know, like reparations, um, you know, God knows what it is. Take away all guns from white people. Who knows? Yet crickets. Aside from the New York Post and, and UK media and obviously local media, this is a non-story. You cannot find it in the national news. Now, again, to me, the issue here, as you're going to see, is not a black man killing a white boy. The issue is a repeat violent offender who wasn't locked up 
that usually most often winds up killing black people. Here he killed white people. But if you're going to make an issue every time a black individual dies at the hands of someone who's white, whether it's their fault, whether it if it was their fault, it was racially motivated or not, which usually it's not. And that somehow is a is a pretext to undo our country, our civilization, rename things, take down statues, make all white people culpable. Then why doesn't this do the same? Because let's face it, this is a lot more common than the other way around. As I say all the time, according to the Bureau of Justice Statistics, their National Crime Victimization Survey, so most crimes are not interracial. They're intraracial, okay? It's between the same race because usually it's, you know, you know the person, not not, not always, but, but... According to them, there were roughly 600,000 interracial violent victimization crimes that occurred between blacks and whites in 2018. 90% were black against white. 9.5% were white against black. Now, this is not adjusted for the share of population, right? Uh, whites are about five and a half times larger in numbers. So if you adjust for the share of the population, it would be something like blacks have black on white violent crime is about a 45 to one or 50 to one ratio versus white on black crime. So if you want to make every one of these things a systemic racial problem rather than a lack of criminal justice deterrent to that individual i'm just saying it's actually the opposite okay now i don't need a society where we do this i don't want a society where we do this but if they are going to make all whites culpable for stuff like this you know with george floyd then why don't we have it symmetrical and that's because we are spiritually immunocompromised but in my book the bigger issue is this as you guessed it, Sesums had multiple felony drug charges, multiple felony gun charges, and multiple felony probation violations, and he wasn't locked up. This is the story of every corner of this country. Drugs, gun crimes, probation violations. You go and solve that problem, you solve 70-80% of the murders in this country. You prevent them. According to the Texan, there have been 57 victims murdered in Harris County over the past two years. That's that's Houston over the past two years by defendants who have been released on multiple felony bonds and personal recognizance bonds. Now, this is not the scope of jailbreak. Remember, this is just the pretrial released from jail pretrial on bonds and they went out to murder. How many wound up being sentenced, but really, really lightly? How many were let go, let out of prison early? You add that, it would be the majority of overwhelming majority of all murders in any given jurisdiction. Yet we don't have a Republican Party using this. Richard Burr, Tom Tillis, Tom Tillis voted for the jailbreak bill. Exactly this type of person. 
the drugs and um, their low level offenders. And by the way, he voted for the version in committee because he's on the Senate Judiciary Committee. Tom Tillis, senator from North Carolina. He voted for the version that actually released gun felons as well. He has not mentioned a word about Cannon in it. There's no need for any Republican senator to put out a press release. Don't make it. I'm not asking them to make it racial. Just say, look, this is why we need a booster shot of the 1994 crime bill. Nothing to do with race, just justice across the board. I'm not asking them to do what the left does. Not a word. Every organization, and when I say organization, I mean whether you have a mom and pop NGO, any, I'm sure all your places of work, they put out a statement on George Floyd. Not a single human being will ever hear of Cannon Hinnant. And not just because it's a, it's a, the name is harder to remember. Clearly, some lives matter more than others in this country. We do live in a racist country, at, at least at a political, cultural, elite level. Oh, it is a racist country, all right. And the exact opposite of what they allege it to be. Because we are spiritually immunocompromised. And we don't have defenses to supplement it yet. There's a lot more to talk about. I don't have time here today. I'm seeing now in Nashville, they're talking about wearing masks inside your home. Fox affiliate in Nashville, you could look it up. Coronavirus pandemic taking a toll on teens and families. New study out, Americans have experienced more mental health problems during the coronavirus pandemic than people living in other high-income countries, according to a report issued late last week by the Commonwealth Fund. And again, it's not just a body count of suicides, although that is going to happen, the suicides, the drug overdoses, you cannot quantify in any metric the societal, educational achievement, violence, just what that does to make an entire generation of people mentally ill. You, 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 there is no price tag to that. You know, you could talk about a 33% drop in GDP, which is just unconscionable. But even that doesn't measure up to what we're seeing with the mental health and emotional crisis, what it will cause people to do, the degree of incapacitating paralysis that is going to induce in, in us. All for nothing. You look at Sweden, and they didn't do this, and they have their mental health intact. Folks, again, it comes down to the lockdown and the anarchy the breakdown of law enforcement, the release of violent criminals. And I'm going to give you my answer to Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris is just yet another opportunity that God is providing people that call themselves conservatives, that provides President Trump with an opportunity to draw a bold contrast and a bold distinction. What I mean by that is this. So I'll give you a couple minutes of my horse race analysis. I generally give Democrats a lot of credit for political acumen. They generally are pretty smart in what they do politically. I am honestly shocked at what they did 
it is a horrible pick from just their vantage point. What I expected them to do is some sort of fresh face that doesn't have much of a paper trail, you know, hasn't ticked people off. Picture someone like that Atlanta mayor. Now, she is a reverse Jim Crow race hustling piece of garbage, but the image she gives off is someone that's more of a uniter, actually. I thought it would be someone more like that. Kamala Harris, it's like the Democrat base doesn't need to be ginned up. They already are ginned up, even though Biden's kind of lackluster just because of the anti-Trump. I mean, they're already ginned up. What you don't want to do is lose suburban voters. Kamala Harris doesn't appeal to anyone. Like, she's kind of the left-wing base, but she didn't really appeal to them either. She, she fizzled out. She was nothing. It's not like Trump and Cruz where, you know, Cruz was kind of the runner-up. She wasn't the runner-up. She was, like, number 10. She dropped out before Iowa. I mean, I mean it, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't jazz up anyone. She has tremendous luggage. Democrats were doing good until now, winning, I thought, decisively, on their way to winning this election decisively, because Biden is the perfect candidate. Witness protection program. He's known, so you don't have to go and put him out. Like, yeah, everyone knows who he is already. Also, they have the pandemic as a pretext not to run a normal campaign. And whether we like it or not, Joe Biden has this Scranton, Pennsylvania shtick that he does appeal to certain blue collar people and he doesn't evince this image of this like new age hippie pooping on a police car. Now, he is going along with all those policies, but again, in just the image of your average voter, he doesn't conjure up that far left image. What Harris does is it completely undermines the witness protection strategy that they were pushing. She's just going to serve as a lightning rod and make these voters think twice. It was to me it was I I cannot understand their calculus. So that that's all I'm going to say about democrat internal politics. But again, my main point is for us and for so-called conservatives and so-called republicans and for President Trump and his team, this is the opportunity to draw that contrast on crime. Yet you already see Republicans are hitting. I mean, this is unbelievable. They find a way to hit Kamala Harris from the left. Oh, when she was attorney general a couple of times, she believed in law and order. Unbelievable. She is the one for which to draw the contrast of locking up Americans, destroying their mental and physical health, destroying their businesses, at the same time releasing violent criminals that kill five-year-old boys in cold blood on their bikes. In front of his two sisters, by the way. Where is the party to do that? So in that sense, I think Campbell's nomination or or pick does matter in terms of providing us yet again an opportunity to draw that contrast and to build that movement. But will we do it? That's up to us. That has nothing to do with the Democrats. Will we take yes for an answer? Anyway, we're out of time. My voice is still horrendous. This cold lingers for 10 days. But you know what? Thank God, these type of colds that I get every eight months for my kids or so likely gave me T-cell immunity, hopefully, to something stronger and worse. But tomorrow we're going to have on Congressman Massey for a big overview of making America socialist again. 
and the dependency that's been created by all these programs. So let me know if you have any questions for him. You could email me at dharowitz at blazemedia.com. Tweet me at rmconservative. Let's post. Some of you guys have posted terrific stuff at Miniman Speak Easy. If you're not a member, we can make you a member. Um, you could request uh, um, to be brought into the group. Just, uh, you know, there's some sort of button there on Facebook. One of my uh, Facebook fans runs it. So I don't, I don't know how to work it that well, but I try to attend here and there. And you guys have great insights. Work together, even if it's one county. Look, if I don't have to move to Greenland or Sweden, <laughs> that's a victory. If there's one county where we could at least live out Judeo-Christian values, liberty, safety and security, ordered liberty in a civil society. That's all we ask. Till tomorrow, God bless y'all, and thank you for listening. Thank you.